Kia ora, welcome. It's so good that you found this online service today. We're actually really excited because over the next three weeks, um, our kind of content of these online services as well as worshiping together is we're going to be looking back at the year that we've just had of 2022 and we're going to be looking through the different things that we've learned from the word of god through our sermon series and kind of reflecting on the things that have stood out to us um, that have changed the way we've thought about things and learnt. Um, so that's what we're going to be doing over these next three weeks. And today, um, it's going to be different people each time. So today, I thought we'd start by introducing ourselves. Do you want to introduce yourself first? Yeah, so um, I am JD. Um, my husband Simon and I are the senior pastors here at the street. And I'm Matt and I'm the youth pastor here at the street. And I'm Anna and I am part of Night. Tom and I lead nights of us, so it's great that we're all here. Let's start with, are we starting with your first okay, reflection, Jenny? with my first reflection. So the first message that I chose was actually one of Matt's messages in the Trinity series, um, and it's called Into His Image. And I just thought I'd start before we watch the clip and set it up because he started at the beginning of his message telling a story about a nappy bin at home. And you might remember it. He talked about how his nappy bin had got really full and um, he emptied it and he squeezed the nappy bin and the stench hit him in the face. And the point was because what's in you comes out was memorable for me. So, um, yeah, let's watch the clip. I'm not putting up this list to say, okay, you need to love more, or you need to be, have more joy, you need to have more peace or patience or, or any of those others. It's not about changing my behavior. It's not a, a try harder list. This is about transformation. It's about being image bearers and it's about surrender. You can, you can tell where you've managed to change behavior versus when you have been transformed by the Spirit. Because when you've been transformed by the Spirit, what, when you're squeezed, what comes out is this. This is what comes out if you've been transformed. If this has been your try harder list and you've been just trying harder at these individual things, it's your strength. And when you're squeezed, these aren't going to be the things that come out. It's only when we allow the Spirit to work in us that we experience these. So good, Matt. I feel like it was a good message for me because my go-to is often try harder. It's like, oh, I've got this thing going on in my life. I need to try harder, try better. Um, do this thing and so it was such an encouragement to me actually my go-to needs to be to come to the feet of Jesus right to allow the Holy Spirit to transform me and I love that check that actually when I'm squeezed that's kind of the proof of what I've been doing right mm. yeah so I found that super challenging yeah I remember in that message you talked about how it's not like the fruits of the Spirit and you like they're all as a collective of they're the fruit of the spirit so more of the spirit means more of the fruit rather than more of a singular fruit i remember being like whoa i've never thought about that before and it also made me think of wow those times of the things that come out of me that i don't want i'm like oh that's a sign here to pay attention something needs kind of recalibrating here more of the holy spirit's leading in that area of my life. Man, I need that, eh? Yeah, and that was, for me, like recently we were talking about that with intermediates and that same thing that 
um, when that stuff comes out, it's not, I've got to do something different necessarily as much as I just need to go spend with Jesus. You know, I just need, okay, I'm not, I haven't been transformed. I need to go sit, like you said, sit Mm. at his feet. And Mm. so important. And isn't that in so many ways such a huge weight lifted off mm-hmm. our shoulders? Like if we try and live this life following Jesus, just trying all the time to be this better person, like that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And so what an amazing, amazing thing to be able to know, actually. We just need to come to him and allow him to mm-hmm. change us. Yeah. Yeah. And so counter, I think, to what our natural patterns are. Yes. We constantly yeah. want to do, so to actually stop and just sit and allow him to do the work is mm-hmm. it's it's counter to our nature, but so important to produce those things. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that's so cool. And my next, the next kind of term we're going to reflect on is actually one from my dear friend Daniela Roche, and it was in the early years series, and we were in Luke chapter four, pretty sure, yeah, Luke chapter four, um, where Jesus was being tempted and tested um, in the desert. And um, yeah, I picked this one actually because it made me, it felt, I felt really equipped by it. Like, wow, this is something, Jesus models something we can do. So let's see what Danny says. You know, he reaches into his arsenal and instead of grabbing some supernatural resource that only he has access to because he's the son of God, he instead grabs something that's as accessible to us as it was to him in this moment. He grabs hold of scripture. Mm. You know, this is amazing. He could have called on all the power of heaven and thwarted the devil in this moment. But instead, he does something profound. He faces these tests in his human nature, not his divine nature. That's huge, that's hard. Mm. And it's because of this choice, this willingness to face this dead on in his humanity, that Jesus can be a role model to us here. Mm. Yeah, I love it that Jesus totally could have just like called on the supernatural, but instead he uses scripture. He uses um, the same thing God gives us the tool to use um, when we're being tested or we're in hard times. And it's like, wow, that power is available to us all the time and it kind of it made me reflect on first of all have I made it a priority to learn scripture Mm -hmm. so that when I'm in situations with friends and I can help them give them the words and also for myself I've given myself the words of man what to pray what is true of God what is true of me right now rather than letting kind of my mind and brain go anywhere yeah Mm. I was just thinking about, um, like, immediately maybe our minds go to, oh, he kind of reduced himself to use scripture. Like, mm. maybe we see that as a lesser thing. But just thinking about how she said she, she he could have used, like, all the power of heaven. Mm. And yet, I think what that does is it elevates scripture to actually be as powerful as anything supernatural he could have done, right? And so it's yeah. not that, like, he reduced himself and used something lesser so that it was like us. It's actually we have access to this amazing supernatural power that is in the word of God. Mm. I don't know if I often think about it like that. Like, like mm. it's like a superpower. Mm. Amazing. Yeah, and he also, like in that, he fulfills the, you know, Psalms where it says, I have stored up 
your word in my heart that might not sin against you. And so, so he's actually modeling what's been taught and what's been talked about in scripture and showing that, that actually when I've stored this in my heart and I have opportunity to use it to overcome temptation. Not to put you guys on the spot, but are there any particular scriptures that come to mind that you use regularly in that way? Oh man, the one that came to mind immediately isn't like a against temptation thing, but I often think of um, where it says in James, so if any of you lacks wisdom, ask me for it and I'll give it to you yeah, without wow. finding fault. And I think I use that most days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and I'll say to God, you said I could ask for wisdom and you'd give it to me. And I'm asking for yeah, it right I'm now. asking for it like in all of the moments. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, in Psalm, um, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock yeah. and my redeemer. I think that's one, like, especially if that's, if I'm going into a situation where it might be tense or I'm, I'm frustrated or whatever, um, just kind of reflecting on that um, in particular is, is one. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and also um, about thinking about whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is noble, you know, think about these things. Um, th- those are a couple verses yeah, that yeah. kind of... Mm. important for me mm. my one that I goes around in my head often is um, this peace I give to you is not as the world gives like it's a different kind of peace and you're mm. like man it's I think going into situations same as you where you're like I can expect something different yeah. I can expect peace that is not what is worldly mm. it's of a whole nother thing yeah, yeah. oh man it's so good I suppose like an encouragement from today is to learn scripture yeah and to even to ask yourself, what are the scriptures I'm already using? Write them down, share them with someone. Yeah, I was just thinking about what if our goal, and we're not going to reach that goal, but what if our goal was to know as much scripture as Jesus did? Mm. Like, <laughs> imagine how equipped we'd be, though. Like, yeah. I think that's what Danny was just talking about. Like, it wasn't just that he was the son of God. Like, he had equipped himself with that. It's amazing. So good. My next clip um, to kind of revise on is from the blood sweat and tears series on first thessalonians and i loved the sermon from jerem because it he did that thing where he scuba dived down or maybe he scuba dived up no scuba dived down and he talks through what the bible says will happen and um i think what why i'm just to give a bit of context of he shares at the very start of the sermon around we know the end of the story. How does that then mean we're going to live now? So let's just watch what he says. This week I was chatting with Matt Swank and he reminded me of that great scene in Will Ferrell's movie Elf where the store manager is is telling everyone Santa is coming tomorrow. Santa's going to come into the store tomorrow. And Elf says, Santa! Oh my gosh, I know him! And he grabs the guy and says, I know him. I know him. And that, that is a The translation between that and the believer, I think, is so apt. Say, Jesus is coming back. Jesus, I know him. I know him. And he knows me. Paul is asking the Thessalonians and he's asking us to remember who is coming back. Jesus Christ, the one who died for you to set you free from sin, is coming back. 
Jesus, the one who took the full force of God's righteous fury against sin and swallowed it and took your place. He is the one who is coming back. Jesus, the one who sent his Holy Spirit to live within you as a deposit, guaranteeing your inheritance. He is the one coming back. Jesus Christ, the one who, who paid the price, who purchased you for adoption into God's family. He is the one who is coming back. Jesus, the one who said, I'm going to prepare a place for you and then I'll come back to take you to be with me. He is the one who is coming back. Jesus, who paid the ultimate price for your sin with his very life, separating you from your sin as far as the east is from the west. He is the one who is coming back. Oh, I just love the movie. I can't help but smile. I love it so much. But man, you think of like how much you love Jesus now and how much you know him. And to think there will be a point where we get to meet him mm. and we're like, like we, we know him. Like, oh, I can, there's such an apt example. I know him. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. It, um, so apt for the believer and the non-believer of, for the believer, there's a precise time where he is coming back. That's, a, that's something that's happening. The word of God has told us. So this means there's an there's a end to all that's going on here on earth, but there's also an end where there's an opportunity to tell others about Jesus. And man, how many people do you want to have that experience of, I know him. It's him that I'm, go- I'm going to be reunited with my creator. I'm going to be united with my creator, the one who knows me and whom I love. Like, oh man, it gets me so excited, but it also makes me a bit like, whoa, we've got to take this seriously. Yeah. Well, it's so powerful just the way that he layered over and over again all those things about Jesus. Hey? I yeah. think like often in my day-to-day life, I'm not super excited about Jesus coming back, just like being totally honest. I don't sit at lunchtime and think, oh, yes, he's coming back. But yet when I sat and listened to Jerem saying all of those things, I'm like, like so pumped. He's coming back and that's going to be awesome. Like it's the most amazing thing ever. And so, yeah, just realizing in that moment how powerful that is to reflect and meditate on who he is and just what he's done for us. Like. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's an amazing, exciting thing that he's coming back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think also just the fact that then in the grand scheme of eternity, you know, with Jesus coming back, the fact that he's going to set everything right, mm. that in the grand scheme of eternity, most things that we get worked up about or stressed about or, or, um, or any of that, <laughs> in the grand scheme of eternity doesn't mean that much yeah it really doesn't Mm. um and especially in light of of who it is that we're looking forward to coming back the creator of the universe he made all things and if he he made all things he can put it all back together and Mm. he can restore all things and so yeah it's just a good reminder Mm. well that's an amazing moment for us to lead into some worship i think like Man, we've just been talking about how incredible this Jesus is, this saviour who um, we love so much. And so, yeah, why don't we take some time now just to worship him? Awesome. Welcome back to part two, um, where we're going to look at three more reflections from the year. Mm. So, Matt, do you want to share your first one? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this uh, 
first one that we're going to take a look at is actually comes from one of Jenny's messages from our Mission Possible series. So let's uh, let's watch it and uh, we'll chat about it. I want to give us somewhere practical to start today. I've been reading a book called Surprise the World by Michael Frost. Um, I'd encourage you, write that title down, look it up. It's only a short book, it won't take you long to read. It's a book about living as highly missional people. But whether you read it or not, there's a couple of ideas in there that would be a great place to start that are really um, relevant to what we're talking about today. He uses an acrostic in the book that is bells. So every letter of bells stands for something different. But the first two are particularly relevant to what we're talking about. So I'm just going to talk to us about the first two of those today. The first one in bells is B for bless. And so the instruction is bless three people this week, at least one of whom is not yet a Christian. You know, we're called to bless just for the sake of being a blessing, right? Loving others, um, putting them before ourselves. This is not an ulterior motive. Um, we're not only blessing someone so that we can share our faith with them, so that we can tell them about Jesus. The key to blessing someone is that the recipient feels blessed, right? <laughs> if the recipient doesn't feel blessed, it's not a blessing. So that's something to bear in mind. But it could be um, words of affirmation. It could be an act of kindness. It could be a gift. But what would it take to bless three people this week, one of whom is not a Christian? So that's B, bless. The second one um, is E, eat. Eat with three people this week at least one of whom is not a Christian. There's a great quote in the book. Um, it says, the table is the great equaliser in relationships. Mm. When we eat together, we discover the inherent humanity of all people. We share stories and hopes and fears and disappointments. People open up to each other. And we ourselves can open up and share the same things, including our faith in Jesus. I don't know if this has been your experience, but it's been ours. Gathering around food is a powerful way to develop relationship. And so the challenge here is to eat with three people this week, at least one of whom is not a Christian. I love that. Uh, there's quite a few things in there that could pull out that I really love. One, just even there at the last the, um, table being the great equalizer. Yeah. And um, I think part of one of the reasons maybe wanting to bring it out and, and why it stuck with me is, is coming into and being in our summer season. It's one of the best times to, as the weather is nice yeah. to be thinking about that and to be doing that, to be eating with people. Mm -hmm. And it is such a great way to connect with people, to, to, um, to share with people, to bless them, but also to, um, just to, just to be with, you got that, that quality mm -hmm. time over some good food. And, um, and so, that's probably being able to do that this summer. That's one of the things that um, we look forward to is being able to have that opportunity. Um, Angie and I kind of sit down occasionally and talk about, okay, who can we have over? Yeah, you know, who could we, who could we just spend some time um, eating with? Yeah. So. Mm, I was thinking with the bless one, man. So often I think I'm a, I'm someone that goes out to bless people to probably make myself feel better rather than 
the goal of it is to for them to feel blessed. And it's amazing how self-orientated we can be, I can be, that that's the motivation. Whereas even just thinking, wow, how can somebody be blessed? It actually doesn't need to be that complicated. Like, uh, it can, it, that doesn't mean you're giving them like $500. Like, that's not the marker of blessing someone. It, there is so much that you can do to bless someone. It's really tangible. And you kind of need to make a plan. You need to do something. You've got to think each day, if you're going to do three of those each in the week, it's like, okay, well, each day, what one are you going to do? Yeah, you yeah. Do something. And I remember that about that series, like for that month that I laid the challenge down for, like on a Sunday night, I made a plan for the week. Like, mm. these are the people I'm going to bless. This is what I'm going to do. And it took that planning. Mm. And I'm just like feeling convicted now that mm. I hoped that a month would get it into being a habit and... It's not a habit yet, but that's when this becomes powerful, isn't it? When this is a way of life and not just a thing that we're trying to tag on to yeah. the side. Like, totally. yeah, imagine if every one of us had the habit of living like this. And the habit of it being one who's not yet a Christian. Yeah. I think in Christian community, in the church, we bless and we eat together regularly. Um, and that's part of the what church is. It's part of DNA of it. Um, but creating the habit of that, that exists at work, with your neighbours, with your family who don't know Christ, with your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Jenny, do you want to go yeah, on to your we're one? We're actually going to do um, another sermon from this series. Oh. So the next one is Jerem's sermon that was called Power, Perspective and Perspiration. Doug Pollock, the author of the book God Space, uh, uses the analogy of rugby, which is quite apt for a Kiwi audience, to paint a picture of how we can view spiritual conversations. You know, watching a rugby game, it is highly entertaining when the fullback gets the ball and then just runs the full length of the field untouched, scores a try under the posts. It's wonderful. And I think so many times we just long for our spiritual conversations to be like that. You were in with 30 seconds in and we get to say, you know, Jesus loved you and died for you. And if you believe in him, you can go to heaven. And we want them to go, oh, yes, you know, I'm a sinner. And, you know, and respond there. And you're like, boom, 30 seconds, full field run. I've never had a story like that. I know it happens. But more often than not, it's like a game of rugby. How do the tries get scored? The ball is moved up the field bit by bit. Ruck by ruck, mall by mall, pass by pass and for us in these spiritual conversations we have with people we're just looking to move that ball a bit further down the field another conversation another prayer another story of God's power and we leave the results to God yeah I picked that clip because um, that analogy has stuck with me since Doug Pollock shared it when he was here for the conference he spoke at And um, it's been so life-changing for me in the way I view the conversations that I have with people who are not yet believers because that was me. I wanted to try every time. Mm. And realising, actually, this is in God's hands, Mm. right? And I'm just called to be obedient in this moment Mm. with this person in front of me to authentically share my life with them, to share my faith with them, and to, to be able to walk away and know I think I think the ball got moved up the field, yeah. and um, oh, it's such a different way of engaging with people and engaging with life. So it's been so encouraging for me. Yeah, and I think like for me, like I've been thinking about this a little bit lately as well. Is that sometimes with some, it's it's 
there's sharing is much further down. Yeah, it's yeah. not even the try. It's actually yeah. sharing is actually further down the line. And so we're actually just, you know, doing our best to be Jesus, you know, live as he did and, and to love people. And as we love people, um, somewhere down the line, that door is going to open yeah, where yeah. we can share just a little, a little seed of truth, you know, a little bit where they can, mm -hmm. they can know more um, about Jesus. But again, that might be a little ways down. Mm -hmm. yeah. And sometimes like I was thinking, sometimes you think maybe you've made the ball go backwards <laughs> or you're like, oh, it feels like we're not as far down the field as I once thought. But it's actually pretty hard to tell where the ball is on the field mm -hmm. at any one point. Mm -hmm. Like we can make a good guess, but God sees mm -hmm. that. And I think our... The encouragement we need to take is we're just trying to move the ball a little bit yeah. forward each time. Yeah, yeah. But imagine like if like in if rugby, if every time you didn't score a try on a particular play, it was a complete failure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, you never play again. So like if you did that with yeah. every conversation that you had, oh man, that was a failure of a conversation yeah. because they didn't pray a prayer or whatever. So I think in some ways it takes it takes some of the pressure off. You know, I don't it's not it's actually just loving this person in the moment, and what is what is it that that Jesus wants to say to them yeah, in yeah. this particular moment? And to know that you might be that part for them for the rest of your life, and actually it may be someone else that leads them to mm -hmm. Jesus, and it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like it's okay if you're not the one who scores the try, right? Oh, it sounds horrible calling it a try in that context, but you know what I mean. Like, mm -hmm. and Jeremy talked about it in that message, like. Um, just this sense of God saying, and would you be prepared just to keep loving this person for another 50 years? And I think yeah. that's what God's calling us to, isn't it? Just to yeah. keep loving people mm -hmm. and to trust him with, you know, their salvation and the rest of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. And if you haven't already read Doug Pollock's book, God's Space, read it. Yeah. Chapter two, I think it is, is called Spiritual Conversation Killers. And you <laughs> read them and you just are like, uh, yes. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> Such a good read. I know we've yeah. got heaps of copies here at the street if you want to come borrow one. Yeah. But Matt, do you want to share about the your final one? Yes, actually, um, this um, last clip is from our origin series. It's from uh, a message that Simon preached. Really powerful message. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to watch the whole thing. Um, but let's let's watch um, that clip right now. And the created order gets fractured. Our relationship with God gets fractured. Our relationship with one another, our relationship with the wider creation, and, and perhaps most destructively of all, our relationship with ourselves gets fractured. Mm -hmm. And if our relationship with others gets fractured, it makes sense that our sexual attraction and desire would also become distorted as well. We would expect that married people would still be attracted to people outside of their marriage and, and be tempted to go there. We would expect that people would want to try and step out of God's design for marriage and express sexuality in all sorts of ways outside of that. And we would also expect that some of us would be attracted to people of the same sex and want to live that out. I think it's important for us to see just how widespread this is. Matthew 5, 28, Jesus is talking to some guys and he says this, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery in his heart. Mm. Jesus says that our, what we do actively sexually actually arises from our 
hearts. And in one sentence, Jesus condemns every single human being as someone who has sinned sexually. This isn't their issue. This is all of our issue. You know, one of the reasons I, um, I picked that passage in particular, one, it was just a really great sermon, but also because um, the next day we were in life group uh, with youth and a bunch of the guys were, were in the book of James and we were talking about some things like that. And, and um, they referred to that clip in particular where they were like, yeah, remember what Simon said in his message yesterday about if I look at someone, you know, just the look what that's done to me in terms of sin. And they're like, and, and as they were talking about that, they're like, yeah, it was so good. Oh, that was so good. And, and did you see it? Oh, did you see Oh, you didn't see it? All right, I'm going to find the clip and I'm going to send it to you, you know? And so they were just really impacted by that. But I think that it was just a good reminder of, um, as well, that not to look at other people, but actually to look at me, you know, this is my problem and to look at the inside of myself. And yeah, Jesus talked about that, right? He said, don't try and get the speck of sawdust out of someone else's eye until you've dealt with the plank in your own eye. And I think, like, I've been a Christian a long time and very familiar with what Jesus said about that. And yet it was very confronting to hear it put like that. Like, actually, this isn't their issue. We are all sexual sinners. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's very humbling, hey, and confronting and helps helps us have a more Christ-like posture, I think, when we don't assume we're better than someone else. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easy to just think, well, if you're in a heterosexual marriage, you're good. Yeah. That's a total myth that we've kind of maybe has been bred by one another mm. when that's not the reality at all. I mean, that whole series, um, I love that it, all of it comes when we are made in the image of God. Mm. That's the fundamental of everything. And if we're made in the image of God, we have inherent value, mm. dignity, worth. And all of these conversations that are loud and polarizing, mm. they can all be back, brought back to that, that we are made in the image of God. And there's a, a total thumbprint on each of our lives that um, he's our creator and we're his creation it's just beautiful and I think also like it sometimes we can say okay well I'm not doing that so I'm okay I'm good I'm right before God kind of thing but um, that being right in one area doesn't mean that I'm completely right with God it goes back yeah. to what those earlier message yeah. where it's actually Am I right with God? Well, it's the fruit of the Spirit that demonstrates that I'm right with God. It's not that particular area that I might not have issue with, but is that fruit being produced in my life? Yeah. Kind of awesome that we've done a full circle Mm. today, hey? Like, Mm. um, yeah, we need Jesus, don't we? Mm. We need the Spirit of God to be transforming us. And, man, I'm so grateful for him. Mm. I'm so grateful that Mm. God loved us enough to, to send a saviour to make a way for us to be forgiven. So, yeah. Why don't I just pray pray for us? We all need him here and then we, mm. we can worship again to finish. Let's pray. Mm. Oh, Father, I'm so grateful for that, Lord. Thank you that your word speaks so powerfully and the, um, the deafening truth is that you love us so much. 
and we so need you. None of us is good enough in our own strength. We've all sinned. We all fall short. That's what the Bible tells us. And yet mm. you sent Jesus to die for us so that we could be righteous, so that we could be perfect in your sight, so that we could be holy, so that, you know, like we were just talking about, that the Holy Spirit would produce fruit that is like you in our lives. And so, Lord, today we surrender ourselves to you again. We pray, would you be transforming us more into your image? Draw us closer to you. Make us fruitful, Lord. And we worship you now. We love you, Lord. We're so grateful for who you are and what you have done for us and what you do for us every day. So grateful that we can know you. In Jesus' name, amen.